0: This week's episode of Hannibal's Horny Hibachi contains references to child abuse and abduction. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Hibachi, a dinner party where each week we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's television show Hannibal. I'm your host Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table to introduce the rest of the party.
1: Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm just the newbie of the group.
2: (laughs) And JJ? JJ? Hi, uh, this is uh, JJ. Um, I'm a local nerd, local filmmaker, and the fanable
0: of the trio. Wonderful. And this week we're watching OOF, which first aired April 29th, 2013. It's (laughs) OOF, I'm saying it like that. (laughs) Though it was originally due to air on the 25th, but was pulled from American Broadcast at the request of Brian Fuller due to its content. And it's OOF, I'm saying it that way.
2: (laughs) "Oof." "Oof." OOF. 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 Yes. Did you guys take French in school? Took a I took it university. I took six years of French in, in elementary, like and yes, in yes, <laughs> me too. But bugger me if I actually can still speak. French. Like
1: the moment they told us we can't, you know, we have a choice to not learn French. I was like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, it's, like,
2: it's like if someone spoke French to me and was willing to like just kind of like really kind of slow soul, it down. Yeah, I'd be able to pick up on the conversation. But you know, you hear French and it's
1: like uh, <laughs> well, it's
0: kind of hard to say this episode because to say. uh, An egg, in French, it's un oof. Un oof. Un oof, oof. yeah. It's terrible. Okay, (laughs) and back to the episode. So in Oof, Hannibal gets Abigail High, Hannibal feeds (laughs) Will's dog's human sausage, and a few missing children murder their families. So we'll go around the table to discuss the first impressions of this show's contents and
1: aesthetic. So let's go with Celeste. (laughs) All right, so my first impressions of the show, or first ins- impressions of the episode. Yes. Um, okay. What happens in the beginning? Oh, the whole dinner party thing. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It's like when I first saw. I saw the maggots first, and I like <laughs> was so grossed out. I had to like pause it and be like, uh <laughs> <laughs> And then I had to resume playing it. And then on, oh my gosh, like the whole like. Um, I guess I'm going into the whole episode. It was like the the family thing. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of rubbed me the wrong way, <laughs> <laughs> Right from the beginning into the end. In uh, what way? Is this like because you know I am, I'm I'm an like an auntie like mm-hmm. a freshly new auntie two years ago. So the the whole family thing of um just you know ha- they had to kill their old family so they can keep that their new, new one. family. Yeah. I was like oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> well, especially since, uh, well, uh, Celeste's the auntie uh, of the kid that I also auntie. Though so technically, she's the auntie for real. <laughs> but in native culture, everybody's aunties <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or uncles. No, sorry. I just realized my mic wasn't plugged in this time. <gasps> Your <door>. mic was. <laughs> oh no! Should we
1: start again?
2: Well, you, like, your bits were all fine, just me, my intro might be a little bit. So we oh can no, put, it's okay, then
1: we'll I pick mean, it up. Maybe you can introduce yourself right
2: now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll just do a quick thing. Hi, hi, this is JJ, a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. Oh,
1: you're turning kay. all red, it's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you were laughing I at my funny.
2: auntie I know. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I just plugged in my mic, so now I'm here. Okay, now
0: everybody can hear us. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, like ever since um, baby. Celeste came into well we won't name him but baby, baby Celeste. Celeste we'll call him baby Celeste <laughs> but baby Celeste's sister had the baby I feel the same way maybe not to the extent that Celeste does but ever since I started watching content with something where a child gets hurt or a family is disturbed in such a way it hits me a little bit more if that makes it, sense yeah. <laughs> yeah even though it's
2: it, personal yeah
0: too. technically Celeste's sister has a sister's Baby Celeste's sister does not have um, any biological connection to me, but I'm so close to the family now mm. that I feel
1: like, yeah, we like, like I'm an aunt. We right? invite her to like Thanksgiving and, <laughs> and New <Christmas>. Year's Eve, <laughs> like, yeah, she's part of the family now. <laughs> and so I was thinking about that, and I'm like, oh my god, what would happen to baby Celeste's
0: sisters? <laughs> like, what, like, oh my god, he could kill the family. Well, no, I hope not. But, <laughs> oh my god, but I see <laughs> what you means, Celeste, about that comment about once you have have that t- type of family you start to worry a bit more not about like well and not in this case where people get hurt or n- where they hurt you but where they could be hurt like someone could just snatch them off the street and that terrifies me um, so yes yeah, yeah,
2: for sure
1: how
0: about you JJ
2: well I think that everybody has those uh, natural fears I mean I mean it's it's all instinct to to protect your young like and even um kind of like it, it, we're, I guess uh, kind of like with the native people, we're almost like buffalo, where we all circle around our mm. our young when there's a threat, so that the collective can protect the young. Because yeah, those are your that's your future, yeah, so so to speak. So no, I totally get that. It's sometimes it's just uh, I personally think everybody almost has those instincts to be protective, um, whether they're biologically yours or not. Especially mm-hmm. um, in higher uh, intellectual beings, uh, creatures, animals, whatever. It's, it, you'll, you'll do it anyway. And uh, so, yeah, I think those feelings are totally natural. So.
0: Oh, well, uh, that reminds me of something I learned in psychology. The reason why a newborn baby's cry is so annoying to people, like uh, probably not to their parents, but to everybody, is there's a frequency in that cry that makes people want to help it. Like
1: that. Mm. So if
0: like the kid is abandoned, mm. um, it can. If somebody will come for it if it's making that noise.
2: Mm. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I got funny on that. <laughs> uh, like I was staying at uh, uh, my husband's uh, family's place for uh, I think we were there for a funeral or something. So there was family, a different family in the house, and I heard someone's little one wake up. In, in, in very early morning, I just heard those little squeaks. You know, those little distress squeaks when baby wakes up. Oh, like a little whimper. Like a... Yeah, the little oh. whimper. I got up and I was about to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Can, gotta get. The <laughs> then I'm like, wait, <laughs> I don't have baby. a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I went back to sleep. <laughs> but no, because baby was awake, I was awake for the rest. And I'm like, I can't go back to sleep. I have to get up. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened when my husband was playing a, a tape of our niece from when she was a baby. Early in the morning, he was just watching a video on Facebook. And I was still sleeping. And then I heard her whimpering on the tape. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Baby, I'm coming. Wait, damn it. (laughs) So, safe to say it's already ingrained in me. Yeah. I'm ready to be a mom, apparently.
0: Well, baby Celeste's sister is, uh, has, I don't know if she's noticed it, but he has, he's figured out that if he, he cries somebody will come and so he does it. he'll he has this crocodile tear look where he's like Ey! and you can see in his eyes that he's not crying yeah, but he yeah. knows <laughs> like he'll get attention if he does it but it was still um, uh, adorable to me oh yeah he's
1: yeah he's super smart <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so sneaky too oh my goodness <laughs> uh
0: well to go back to the beginning of the episode um it actually starts with hannibal in uh and will at hannibal's office where will is discussing how he only ever feels safe when he's alone uh in the field outside of his house looking back at the house and seeing it all lit up and uh basically entombed in mist and fog and so i wanted to ask you guys does he feel safe being alone or does he feel safe being able to observe the house when he's not in it like what do you think he meant by that i
1: think it's more of a childhood fantasy sort of thing, like, going back to, like... Like, didn't he have a thing with his father with boats? Oh, yeah, yeah, the boat thing. It's more of, like, him going back to his inner child, I guess, when he sees, like, that house in the distance and it looks like a boat in a sea. I, I
0: did just... not think of that <laughs> 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 just
2: like, I just feel dumb. I'm like, well, I'm dumb. <laughs> no! I was actually going to say the same thing, yeah. I think it's, uh, um and i've read that a bunch of times in fan fiction too so like uh lots of fans picked up on that and write about it um yeah i think he's just one of those uh one of those interesting creatures who yeah who just feels safer uh in their nest alone like that's why he's in wolf trap that's why it's where it is no one can really go there unannounced they have to call to see if he's even going to be there you know and you can hear and see a car coming you know like he'll there's a reason why he's there you know so
0: in all honesty though do you think he's ever not at that house like you call them at three in the morning on a Saturday night and he's just waking up from his, like, sweaty nightmares and the dogs are freaking out because he's so scared. But, like, Aww. he's Aww. calm and he's there. But I feel like I'm I'm being, I'm being, committing nerd-on-nerd nerd violence with that comment. But, he, like, I don't <laughs> think he has very much of a life outside of his house. Like, I, I think that that field where he is encompasses his whole world, basically. Like, that is the world he feels most comfortable in.
1: Oh, and, yeah. Like, he mostly puts himself you know, at home or in his work, and that's it. You never see him go out for brunch with a friend.
0: <laughs> would he go for brunch? I think he would. Uh, no, he probably would. Go... he? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I see him going for brunch with Beverly. That would be
1: something. Oh, that would be great to see. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll pay money to see an episode of that. That would be great. Like him <laughs> it
2: happens all the time in fantasy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Beverly all takes oh, yeah, him out for again. lunch or <laughs> <laughs> coffee or something. It's always Beverly. It's well,
0: I think it's practice. like, a is the one who is not like i think we spoke about that before when she appeared that she's the only one who speaks to him without any prior motive like she is his friend as in the traditional sense of a friend like she only wants him to be happy and she wants him to be comfortable with her and like uh, not feel that he has to put on a mask to hang out with her And I really like that, even though they only seem to hang out at work. But I think that's more Will's doing than hers. Like, I think she probably texts him and is like, hey, nachos? (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) something. I think she would eat nachos. Oh yeah,
1: a beer nachos.
0: Beer nachos. Cool, yeah, I can Um, see her doing that. (laughs) Jumping ahead a bit, I feel like a snob. Uh, There's that scene where Hannibal brings Alana a beer when Alana goes to visit him at his office. I have those exact beer glasses. (laughs) I was laughing when I saw them. I'm like, I am such a snob. I only use to drink Coke Zero when I have those glasses.
2: <laughs> oh, you mean like a drink glass? Yeah, the a drink second glasses. I was thinking beer
0: glasses? Like so the those beer glasses? What? Like those pop glasses? Like I, oh. was, I was watching them and I'm like, oh my God, I got those. I didn't get them. I didn't buy them intentionally. I got them as like a gift at a, like an office party or something. But like, oh, like a,
2: a beer pint glass. Yeah, those yeah. pint
0: glasses. And I have one exactly like the one Hannibal has so I felt kind of classy for a second. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so, ooh, Fezzler. Yeah, you got the same glasses uh, yeah Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have that uh well I have a few things so I'll, I'll talk about them later <laughs> but uh let me see um I was laughing about that discussion Will has in Hannibal's office about how he feels like he was doing the same things as Garrett Jacob Hobbs as Garrett Jacob Hobbs was doing them like showering brushing his teeth eating whatever it reminded me of the time that I'm a huge U2 fan the band And when you two was in town, I was like, oh, my God, I'm breathing the same air as Bono. I understood that feeling of (laughs) of feeling like you're doing the same thing as somebody else. Maybe not in the psychotic way that Will was discussing, but it still reminded me of that. Like, seriously, it did. (laughs) Like, don't you ever feel that when somebody you admire is in town and you're like, oh, my God, we're breathing the same air. and Oh yeah, for the same
1: sure. <laughs> like, I'm a just... huge nerd like that. If I know they're like, went to a mall, like, I'll go into the mall and be like, oh my gosh, I think he stepped in this spot right here.
2: <laughs> That's how I feel when I go to, uh, go to Toronto and go to the Tiff uh, TIF light box. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. I just walk in there and go like, yeah, some of the coolest people, like I admire walk through these here, like, like nothing. Like, or, and there's like a, uh, like a uh, green room up on the second floor of that building. And it's, like, really chill in there. Like, they say that's usually where half the actors go when they're doing whatever in between stuff. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> there was a famous button. <laughs> I don't
1: know yeah. who.
2: I don't know who's, but... That feels cool. <laughs>
1: well, that's how I felt
0: when um, I was at TIFF Lightbox Two, and um, I saw Ala, uh not Alanis—but uh, Angry and Nook, uh, Athea. She had just re- premiered it there, and Crashlight, my film, played in the same theater. And I'm like, oh my god, I played at the same theater as Athia. Not the same as Bono, but still, she uh, she's like the Bono for me in film. But mm. anyway, going going for. yeah, but no, yeah.
2: I see what you're trying to say. Is like, I think we can all relate to it. If yeah, in, in a less. Uh... Uh, traumatizing way it Will does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can all put ourselves in those shoes. He just does it to the extreme.
0: Yeah, like it's, it, um, he seems to react, like he, um, he's, empathizing with abigail and and there's probably moments where he's like oh yeah abigail's probably getting up right now at the same time i am he is a he's a bit of a pessimist i find like he is always going immediately to the fact that he is a monster like i i keep seeing that in him where he's like no no one has to be close to me i'm terrible like he sees himself as the people he's hunting and i i think that's where Season 3 goes with that too. Like not to get on to season 3 cuz Celeste hasn't seen it yet. But <laughs> I no we we're
1: this season 3 now. We're like
0: 24 <laughs> episodes away. <laughs> but it's um uh it's kind of I kind of feel bad for him. Like I, as we go on in each episode, I continue to feel bad for him cuz I think he sees himself as no better than the killers that they look for. Hmm. Uh but back to the crime scene at the dinner table. Did anyone else think that those kids would probably, um, were probably finding it hard to act in that scene? Because there's a scene where Hugh Dancy, the actor, points at one of the kids and says, You're not gonna get up until you eat all your. I think he says, Eat all your greens until the kid, like, slowly starts doing it. And I'm like, Okay, if I was a kid, I'd be laughing my ass off, because Hugh Dancy's just sitting there all tense and, like, terrified as Will Graham, and he's going through the whole scene of, uh, going through the whole scene of reenacting the murder, and if I had been one of those kids, it would have been so hard not to crack under that.
1: I know, it's like, it's it's an acting thing. Maybe there's a blooper. I hope there
2: is. probably, like, one or two uh, just getting the kids relaxed in there, but I think, I think it was pretty easy to give them the directions, like, okay, you guys are robots, you're just gonna sit there still until he gives you a command, yeah, and go because that's what that whole scene feels like. It's like it's really still weird. do nothing, yeah, yeah. It's like it was very, yeah, they were just very robotic and it was weird. And I thought, considering when you see uh, Will do the reenactments of uh, the fantasy in his head, everyone seems to be normal when mm-hmm. he plays it back. So that was probably the first time where n- no one in the scene acted human or normal they were just kind of
0: it was like a tableau yeah it like, was like a
2: weird yeah they were just hmm. very robotic and i thought well maybe that actually is how they were they were so scared yeah they, were that like they didn't want to yeah. and they became robotic mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's probably the only time where it, the fantasy uh formula changed so i wasn't sure what to make of that dinner scene
0: but it was still like those kids looked like they were about like, to the laugh their asses <laughs> like especially the girl eating the broccoli she's just like mouth kind of up in a smile a little bit but he's pretty cute in real life so i would have been like
1: talk to me more british man I <laughs> had a little crush on him too i mean i wouldn't
0: oh but speaking of the mur- of reenacting the murder scene um when we cut back to to will quote clo- has his eyes closed and he's in his mystery palace like reenacting the crime scene we cut back to jack watching him do the do the movements and the motions of the reenactment. So there's a scene where Jack is in the background and Will's hand is up as if he's going to shoot somebody next to him and uh, Jack has this look on his face that just kills me because he's like, I just left private policing for this. So he's just so annoyed. He's like, what the hell am I doing doing this? And
2: so it just killed me when I saw that. Well, that's interesting. I didn't see it as, like, annoyed. I saw it as more like a, like a, damn. He's good. Yeah. kind of like <laughs> like he's good but also like creepy <laughs> it's
0: like, kind of scary <laughs> like
2: he like you know he, he's head of uh you know he's head of behavioral sciences and uh or the unit or whatever what is it bau what does that stand for behavioral sciences okay well you know he's ahead of that so he's already used to it but still like it's probably like a weird new thrill and scary thing each time he sees will do it because you know like a weird parlor trick
1: (laughs) it's probably like fascinating too because you know he can like you'll see like will in front of like a scene and he always
2: gets it right Mm. like how the or pretty damn close yeah at
1: least pretty damn close (laughs) He gets it right and like he never probably never seen really like anybody um you know do that before like walk in the footsteps of the killer yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: i really like that part of him because but it's still like i don't know um well, JJ probably feels this uh, too, when you act, you're not really, you don't, well, I, at least I don't, you don't get, go into the scene thinking that you're Will Graham, like you don't psychologically go into that scene and be like, okay, I'm, well, I guess you do, but for me, I'm always a person playing a character. I'm never that character so it's always difficult well it's always fun for me to watch actors do that where they like where they totally embody the character method and, yeah and don't care about like how stupid it is because like yeah it's kind of goofy to do certain things like um i finally finally saw dr strange okay and yeah mads was really hot in it uh the rest of the movie kind of sucked i didn't like it um <laughs> but anyway <laughs> there's a scene where mads uh because mads is a sorcerer of some kind too in the movie i can't remember his name but and Doctor Strange is a sorcerer as well. And there's that huge... Calicius? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, no they do all kinds of weird Tai Chi to get the, the magic going to make the emblem. So I'm doing the hand gestures right now. <laughs> and so it made me laugh to think about how stupid that would have been to act out on the, on the day when you're like trying to do all these really obscene, huge gestures on camera and mm. you have to, like, without the added benefits of it. I don't know. It always makes me laugh because I think... I guess it's the filmmaker and me going like, "Oh man, that would have been so funny to watch him like have to take it seriously and do it." <laughs> I don't know; it's making me all giggle. <laughs>
2: <All> <laughs> no, the time. no, yeah, yeah. Like that was interesting too. I actually had that discussion with my husband about that, like how um, uh, say if you compare the hand motions of uh, what's her name in the Marvel uh, Scarlet Witch, which what's the? Oh yeah, Scarlet Witch. Yes. Uh, her hand motions for magic, I'm doing the hands right <laughs> Everybody's now. doing the hands. Yeah, everyone's doing the hands. The way she does, she does like a weird, like where her hands kind of trouble, like the showing them the magic, whereas in, yeah, like with the, in Doctor Strange, the hand motions are like Tai Chi, really, yeah. Tai Chi, really straight. And I don't know, I was like, I, I I thought if a director was talking to me as an actor, I'd be like... That because I also grew up with anime and the, you've seen the <laughs> oh, yeah. the way animation does it too. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of go, well, <laughs> I'd be like director, what kind of magic do you want? Because I know a few kinds. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think I uh, as an actor too, like I, I personally don't quite agree with method. I mean, yeah, I don't either. It's it really depends on the part. I think the part will tell you what what needs to be done. Whereas others, yeah. You're still very conscious that, no, I am so-and-so playing so-and-so. And and this is my interpretation of blah, blah, blah. I am not actually so-and-so. And (laughs) and this is what I feel. thinking blah, blah, blah. Well, it's like what uh,
0: Laurence Olivier said to Dustin Hoffman. Because there's this movie they did. I can't remember what it's called. Marathon Man. That's what it's called. Um, Dustin Hoffman uh, is meeting up with Laurence Olivier. And Laurence Olivier is this escaped Nazi who's now a dentist, I believe. I can't remember it entirely. But Dustin Hoffman had to do a scene where he was being tortured and Dustin was talking to Laurence Olivier afterwards and he's like yeah I, I stayed up for four days and I like ran up and down the stairs for two of those days and now I'm exhausted and I should, like I think I do have the part down now that I can do this properly and Laurence Olivier just laughs at him and says like maybe just try acting it's easier <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand method either like I, I don't think it's to put yourself in that kind of condition for a role doesn't seem that important to me. I don't. I think you can act out the truth without having to kill yourself out, right? But,
2: but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, uh, I say the part will tell you if it needs it, and sometimes an actor needs it, because uh, sometimes a part can be just so... Like, a good example would be the parts of Will Graham and Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Um, those parts require the actors to go into such dark places and for it mm-hmm. to look, see it on screen. Like, how you say... When you look at Mass playing Hannibal on screen and he looks like an alien to you, like the way his eyes are just blank. Well, we quoted Jaws last time. He quoted (laughs) Jaws. He has doll's eyes. (laughs) And yeah, how they just don't look real, you know. And uh, like I think I remember reading a quote somewhere where Mass said, uh, or they were asking him, So, how did you feel? How did your family feel about you playing Hannibal? He said, oh, "My family was okay." He said, "Though my uh, my kids uh, did have a couple nightmares where they thought I was Hannibal and I was coming <sighs> to get them." Oh, my so, gosh. And, I thought, and then I thought to myself, "Why are you letting your kids watch this show?" But like, can you really stop your kids from watching? Your, yeah, it's your like stuff? Daddy's on TV. Yeah, exactly. oh my God, he's
0: killing a man. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, or Hugh Dancy, I think he's lucky that you know. I think his kids still like still, <laughs> still a baby. Still yeah. a baby, so like it's fine. But. Um, yeah, like, just the uh, these par- these parts require them to look at violent graphic stuff and to think about it and try and make their characters just kind of, like, look dark on screen. And it's just, yeah, I imagine it's probably exhausting. Well, now that yeah. we're on
0: iTunes, we have a bigger audience, and I was like, maybe one day somehow we could interview Matt so I can ask him, like, how would you do that blank slate thing, like, the sociopath look? And still have the emotion there, because it's so hard to play a person who does, who is copying basically everybody's emotions. And I'm like, how can you do that without without disappearing into that role? It's hard to describe, but I'm like, if you ever called us, I'd be like, how did you do that? I'm just like, just <laughs> tell me your secrets, magician man. But yeah, like magic call us. My number is two o four. I would say it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, though.
2: If I guess if we really wanted to, I'm actually, um, um, I don't know if we'll include this part in the show. We will <laughs> uh But uh, I have a professional uh, membership on uh, IMDB, ah. so I actually can connect to his agents and all that if I want to. It's another thing if they ever get back to me, but that's, we do have that option to connect, call his agents, and see if he's ever got... Spare time and dime.
0: It would just be us on Skype
2: going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Well, yeah, that'd be the thing, though. It'd probably be just on Skype. I think that'd be the easiest thing.
0: Well, especially for him, since he's basically uh, we're in the golden age of mads right now, where he has like so many good movies coming out in high profile projects. So it's like
2: cool. You know, in my head, I actually think we probably have a better chance of getting. hugh like i would die not. oh my
1: gosh <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm already so swooning
2: <laughs> like a uh, second season of uh pa- of the path on, on hulu is coming out so like that like, you that might want to promote it yeah. yeah that that whole show is doing awesome so like i don't know I, like and because hugh did more of the the con stuff i think than mass did at least if you weigh the two i think Schedule wise, Hugh has more availability. So, if I had well, to gamble, <laughs> I would say Hugh's probably the <laughs>
0: both. I really want to talk to Scott Thompson too, like because I know uh, Scott oh, Thompson. We could get Scott. Thompson. Yeah, I love Scott Thompson. Scott Thompson's one of the original kids. Well, original. He's one of the kids in the hall, and he's one of my favorite characters in the show uh, as Jimmy Price. Uh, I just love following him on Twitter because uh, for okay, this is totally unrelated. Well, it's unre- it's related to the show. I'll post it to it later. But there's uh, he did a series for I believe Stephen Colbert during the Russian Olympics where he went to the Olympics as a game as Buddy Cole, his character who's like obs- obscenely like uh, like a, a flaming homosexual, and it's really hilarious because he's just like walking around kissing boys and stuff like that. And there's a scene where he's sitting all classily on a on a park bench wearing a fur coat and like he has like a martini glass in his hand and he looks like a character from Hannibal (laughs) basically it's like oh my god the new character that Scott Thompson's playing on Hannibal looks great
2: (laughs) 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 oh he just reminded me of that weird behind the scenes thing where uh Scott Thompson interviewed people and he interviewed Uh, Mass and I like that one part where he says he he corrected Mass's French Mass is like gives him that look like mm.
0: <laughs> or the like, cute Mass is talking in that interview too you know, we'll send it to you later so <laughs> but there's a scene where he's talking about how small Hugh Dancy is oh yeah he's right
2: here he's, like, he's, he's right here, here on my lap, mic <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: like hello
1: no. oh. <laughs> oh my okay, oh, wait, wait. So good, good, you guys bad, are bad. just gushing <laughs> <about it. laughs> The actors (laughs) and the interviews. Man, if
0: we actually got to interview them, that would be like the most research I'd toss into the show. Because usually my research is two, like two days, like Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's mostly for the uh, the true crime aspect. But yeah, like I would just be like uh, just harassing them about like the concept of uh, like the acting for the show. Because as JJ said, how do you look at this stuff and not fall victim to it? If that's the right word, how do you not take it home? Yeah, how do you look at a scene where a bunch like because they probably research crimes basically for for the similar crimes that they've done like child abductions, whatever? And how do you not take that home where you're where you where you go home to your son and your wife and you uh, have this stuff in the back of your head? I guess it's like those um, Google has. I, I believe it's Google. Google has a section of their staff that's just devoted to looking for child porn. Mm. and so they have a really high turnover rate with getting people in there because it's so traumatizing and so i'm like how do people do that it's it's just bizarre i'm like especially with the show's content well i guess that's why this episode didn't air i think it aired in canada i actually watched it later but yeah so there's a scene where hannibal goes into will's house and will's house doesn't appear to be locked which, yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, he just walked right in. It's explained later that Will had asked Hannibal to go feed his dogs for some reason. <laughs> uh, but it still looked like Hannibal just walked in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess Will probably not lock his door because his dogs are, like, there. And people usually won't break into a house that has dogs. But... Like, the dogs are, like, all they do is when they see him is, like, oh, he smells like meat. Let's go see, him let's go see the nice man with the sausages. I'm like, damn it, you guys, attack, attack. <laughs> Terrible cart dogs It's like, bad puppies, <laughs> bad. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, how, how likely is that sausage full of meat, or full of
1: human being. Probably very hundred <laughs> percent. I was like looking at. I was like, did he make those like himself? He probably. Probably those are probably oh. human.
0: Uh, so Will uh, Hannibal is snooping around Will's house after he feeds the dogs. And I... Oh, this episode made me laugh a lot. So there's a scene where he opens Will's drawer drawer, and everything is laid out, like, uh, by days of the week, it looks like. Because they're folded, like, o- one over the top. So he has, like, uh, the PJs he's going to wear on Monday, the PJs he's going to wear on Tuesday. And then I'm going to wash my clothes on Saturday and I'll have the whole thing planned out again. It just made me laugh the the precision in his drawers. So, like, because he has those socks rolled up all nicely, the undershirts, and I really want to see what his closet looks like because he has everything set up in such a way that, like, he never, he could just pull clothes out, I imagine. Like, pull clothes out and he doesn't have to look. He'll just be, that's the type of guy I keep thinking he is.
2: You yeah, know, weird, too, when I saw that, I thought, like, that, that doesn't feel like it matches. Like, that it would be that neat <laughs> considering, but, you know, I guess it just goes because, you know, uh, Will Graham just looks like it's like a goddamn mess everywhere. He looks, <laughs> looks like shit, you know? It's like go home and sleep, brah. You know, but um uh but at the same time I thought, well maybe that's leftover from a previous case or something. Like maybe he picked up a a trait of that or like kind of like what how how organized Hannibal is. You know, cuz you know, you don't want to get caught. Maybe that's a, a, to me I was like, I wonder if that's like a leftover thing from a, another case and that's something that organization in his stuff." Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cuz I feel like he'd be like one of those um his house would be trash yeah <laughs> yeah but like the, uh, organized chaos like oh yeah it looks like a mess to an outsider but he knows where everything is to me that would have felt more like
0: That's him Will.
2: but uh i don't know
0: but he lives with a lot of dogs so i imagine he would want to keep the place clean because like how many dogs does he have like nine
2: no That's... he has a lot of dogs yeah so yeah, has... yeah hold on <laughs>
0: First they floor. cover the floor. Winston's
2: number six, isn't he?
0: Yeah, but he has a lot of dogs anyway. Yeah. But, like, uh, like I imagine you have to keep on top of that so it doesn't, like, because with him sweating all night and his nightmares and the dogs, like, and freaking out because he's freaking out,
1: it might, like, it would be pretty easy to stink in there. Yeah, I feel like the house would be super dirty, too, with the dogs. Because, mm-hmm. you know, dogs can get into anything yeah. when they're bored. And, like, they're at the house, like, all day
2: by themselves. Usually. And
0: fighting for dominant. I wonder what
2: they're doing. But I don't episode. know. They seem really well trained. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I love that in the beginning. Like, when, uh was the first episode, right? When he finds Winston? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they I all li- look at him. Yeah, I like how, him. like, he's like, everybody, you know, like, or Winston, this is everybody. Everybody, this is Winston. And then they're all sitting there. And there's that calmly. one dog that growls, and then he goes, t's, t's. <laughs> have no idea what that did to me when i heard it i was just like <laughs> that caught my attention jj stop that <laughs> well it's probably because it's a weird thing that my <laughs> that my dad used to do <laughs> to get us kids attention it was always a quick <laughs> snap. <laughs> he would use commands like that but i get it. it's like when you have lots of kids sometimes <laughs> resort to that kind of stuff. So that's probably why like, I perked up when I... But anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, speaking of family, um, there's a long scene discussing the importance of birth order between uh, the forensic team, mm. Will, and Jack. Yeah. So I was assuming both JJ and Celeste are middle children. Oh, uh, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Whereas I'm the oldest. Like, well, I knew I knew for a fact that Celeste was probably middle because I know her family, but I wasn't sure which JJ because I only know her younger sister. So mm. I'm like, oh, I remember. I'm just gonna take a guess anyway. But I'm the oldest in my family. Uh, but birth order, birth order. Like the psychological aspects of it is largely bunkum, so like it's not really true, but like some of them still
2: hold, yeah, some of it's applicable, but you know each culture is different, yeah, and like, yeah,
0: but that still doesn't stop me from checking out the personality traits that they each specific mm. birth age is supposed to hold.
2: Well, you guessed right, yeah
0: <laughs> well, according to the Huffington Post, which you know is accurate. <laughs> Oh, you oh. joke oh, my coffee. <laughs> well, I, I was better than looking it up it on Wikipedia. But anyway, according yeah. to Huffington Post, oldest children tend to be overachieving nerds. Middle children are overly concerned with fairness, and youngest children are the trash bags of the family. <laughs> well, okay, that's just my case. I largely cared about that, but uh, youngest children get away with everything. Yeah, they do. Um, As the oldest in my family, my parents were always telling me how I had to look out for my baby sister. Yeah, me too. And but I got in trouble the time she drove the truck into the side of our house (laughs) because I wasn't watching her close enough. I'm like, evidently not. (laughs) I (laughs) left the keys in the car. (laughs) Not me, anyway. But um, Jesus. But (laughs) (laughs) we were okay. She was three. I was five. By the way. (laughs) (laughs) But this was in the days when uh, trucks didn't have that shift to, um, like, brake to shift. Mm. So you could shift when the car wasn't on. So my sister had pushed it into drive. Or neutral, I think. Um, I jumped out of the truck, and I tried to, I grabbed the door, (laughs) stuck my heels into the mud, and tried to stop it with my bare (laughs) little hands. I
2: thought
1: you, like, jumped out of the, like, the
2: track. To save myself.
1: (laughs) And, no, I it. <laughs> and
0: my parents told me that, like, uh, as the truck hit the side of the house, the house kind of shook in a little way. And they come running out, and my sister's just sitting there, like, in the car, and she's like, Dad, I drove! <laughs> I was like, Oh my god. I'm... And of course, I got in trouble. <laughs> but anyway, back to the birth order thing. Uh, unlike what the forensic crew said, only children share more. Tra- uh, only children share more traits with oldest children. So uh, technically, Will would be a bit more overachieving, a bit of a nerd. Uh, he does have the tendency, uh, the tendencies though, to care for others. So like, the, he has that that personality trait. So uh, I think
2: he's more of like that. Didn't what his person. name also say like the thing with? He's like, you're an only child, aren't you? And he's like, I like, like, you know? He's <laughs> like, well, siblings uh, trigger social cues. So. I thought, like, oh, that's interesting, and I never thought of that. Which, but I thought that was funny, because, yeah, when I heard that in the episode, I was because like, I thought of my, uh, my cousin, who's an only child. And, uh, yeah, sometimes she's just a dummy. <laughs> 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 it isn't until after she makes a blunder that she goes... Oh, oh, I made a mistake. That I made a mistake, but, like, she, she's more, she's so relaxed about it, too. She went, oh, okay, I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> I'm
0: just well, and he also actually said, like, the, re- the reason people develop personality is because they have to compete with siblings. And I'm like, that's not true. Yeah, that's
2: not always true. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I'm like, because my personality came across because I was bullied. <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I got to be funny to mock people, and I'd run away before they realized that I said something funny.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, like, I found that interesting, too, with the, with the birth order thing it's like uh, because yeah it it depends on culture um Mm -hmm. even though you guessed right i am a middle child i had um i had uh two older brothers and a younger sister uh now it's uh my my brother passed away um but i was also the oldest daughter so i was given different kind of responsibilities because i was the oldest daughter Mm -hmm. so like uh the boys worked outside and the girls worked inside however i did more indoor work than my sister did because she was the baby. So <laughs> it was my job to help keep up with a lot of the indoor chores. So I found I learned a lot more dom- domestic uh, tasks and responsibilities sooner than uh, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just pointing that out. I'm not bitter. No, I'm all okay. <laughs> Well, it's like, if you ask me to go outside and mow the lawn, I'll be like, uh. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Did you tell me to clean everything, clean every neck and cranny of the house, how to do the bathroom properly, how to fold the towels properly, how to do the sheets. I can actually do hospital corners. So <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do that, right?
0: <laughs> So you have the, well, you do have a really clean house, by the way. I've been to JJ's house. She has really? a clean house. Oh, yeah. that makes
2: me feel so good. Because <laughs> to me, my house is a... Frickin' mess all the time it
0: looks great you look really? into my house my house looks like um you know the house that the weasleys lived in that's what it looks like <laughs> in <laughs> harry potter but, but it's always organized and i thought that' right. well, my, my sister cleans up the house before anyone comes over uh, me while i'm like i don't care people should know how we live
2: <laughs> oh show our shame
0: <laughs> uh but i wanted to say for this episode i know jj hates jack Crawford, I don't hate but him. Well, I just don't like him. She doesn't like him, but I really, really like Jack because I, I feel like I, uh, of all the characters on the show that I'm the most closest with, I think I am like uh, a lot like Jack uh, in that I talk with my mouth full, <laughs> and I'm ignorant of Hannibal's pretentious food and just hope it tastes good. Like uh, there's like I, that would be me
2: there. Like okay, what am I about to eat? And then just feel like, <laughs> what I'd be am I top... about to put in my
0: mouth? <laughs> I'd be the rude person. Um, also, if you haven't tried it, rabbit is insanely good. It's so
2: good. But I think I've tried. I think I've tried <laughs> rabbit stew. <before. laughs> no, it tastes pretty good.
0: <laughs> but you can't eat too much of it because you could suffer from uh, protein starvation or rabbit starvation because they don't have any fat on their bodies. So if you got lost in the woods, don't eat them.
1: <laughs> we we'll eat oh, them man, occasionally. That's like my <laughs> main plan if I get lost in the forest. I'm <laughs> just gonna hunt a
0: bunch of deer. If that's what I would do. <laughs> Throw some deer in that diet to balance it out. A moose if you can choke it out. But anyway.
1: Oh my god. I think the choke Nobody house. can. Nobody can choke a moose. like, I, they're huge. Just ride
2: it. They're mom. like the dinosaurs
1: in Canada. <laughs> just like Greg Garrett. It.
2: Just like, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we ever get lost in the woods, I mean, we'd be like, come on, Sonia. So <laughs> <laughs> that moose is po- <laughs> Get him. I'd um, be just like, I don't care if we were on the brink of death. I would like have my iPhone up. <laughs> my last moose.
1: Sonia fighting There's the Sonia moose. Sonia fighting the moose. It's like, I want meat <laughs>
0: Oh, but I do love Jack, because Jack is, like, um, how I would react if we knew somebody like Hannibal. Like, uh, I don't know, we don't run in the same circles that Hannibal probably would be in. Nope. Like, obviously no, not. He's too not <laughs> As JJ said a few episodes ago about how he would never hang out with us, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I take offense to that, JJ. <laughs> you and I are both artists. Well, all of us are artists. Me and JJ have played at... Uh, Tiff Lightbox that so we're worth some stuff. <laughs> but he would not go to our movies, probably. <laughs> well,
2: artistically speaking, if it was just, yeah, it was if it was a certain kind of art show, we might meet a guy like Hannibal. However, mm-hmm. like, uh, the things that he probably goes to, you know, like $1,000 a plate or whatever, <laughs> those like... are the things, I mean, like, we would never see him. You know, yeah. Like, just high society, like rich bastards we wouldn't
0: <laughs> well not, like i don't even think he'd go to cans like you know like uh if we like because me and jj are filmmakers and uh, celeste is an artist um but if we went to something like cans or uh like tribeca or sundance it's not the type of events he hannibal would go to i think because it's too like mainstream i wanted to bring that up too about how Hannibal doesn't seem to do anything when the, in the mainstream. Mm. So it's uh, it's funny to me. Like I, I I can't imagine him being in New York or L A. or like
2: I feel like he'd go there for a quick trip of
0: shopping. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he'd, nice he'd order his clothes in and fly the the tailor out or something. I think or go to like Florence or or Europe or something. But I, I don't know.
2: Like I feel like he would. You know, a day trip occasionally or something. Mm-hmm. He'd would ha- have to go to like a like a psychiatrist conference or something, or or at least that'd be his cover to go do something, <laughs> do some killing somewhere.
1: He <laughs> was a professor before, wasn't he? I believe he was. Yeah. Wasn't I mean? He- that's your ticket that's <laughs> <too edible. laughs> You're there. <in> university. <laughs> yeah, we <he's> did it. <laughs> I
2: guess yeah. He mentored at uh, John Hopkins. John Hopkins, right?
0: Is that in Baltimore? I yeah. think it is. Yeah, yeah it is. That's but-
2: that's his thing. <laughs> that's his thing.
0: But um yeah, Jack, I'd love. I love Jack. Um I just love that scene where Will is uh teaching the class about uh bite mark impressions on bodies. And uh Jack just comes in and he's like, "Class is
2: canceled. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, get out of here." Did <laughs> I need mean, to repeat myself? Like he just does not play. I love that so much about Jack because, like, um, this episode is a little bit slower just because it's setting up for the future. Mm. Like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, class. So, so it may have felt a bit like a like a what's what's the word? A filler, a bit. And so I I love that like Jack is being a little bit more of uh, less of a hard-ass in this episode, even though he did run into the class and, like, get out, everybody. But I like that he is so human in the show. Like, even if he can't
1: be a dick. I, don't know, I've been, I felt annoyed with him <laughs> in this episode, so I now understand what JJ is talking about. Because <laughs> he just keeps interrupting Will whenever he does, you know, like, the whole, like, uh, the murder scene scene. <laughs> well, he sees Will as a and, tool that's then, available for him, yeah? <laughs> and then, you know... He interrupted his lecture. It's like, oh my gosh, boundaries, dude. <laughs> can you wait?
2: I mean. But what's interesting, too, is like, even though, like, yeah, Jack does that, like, I'm just like, sometimes I marvel at how Will doesn't really put up much of a fight either. Yeah. He, I saw his face
1: look annoyed. Like, yeah, he always
2: looks annoyed, but sometimes <laughs> he also looks defeated. Like, like <sighs> okay. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll sort of stick up for himself, but not.
0: Do you think that's why he becomes prey for Hannibal?
2: Like, uh, probably that's probably a very big thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. He doesn't. Well, okay. We're going back into the fanfiction uh, <laughs> universe of uh, Will always being the bottom. Which okay. Allow as, me. As a fan fiction reader, <laughs> okay. Like me and JJ were talking about this while editing the last episode. But despite Hugh Dan- Hugh Dancy being such a such a pretty boy. I really hate when people cast him as the uh, as the bottom in fan fiction. And for those that don't know, and if you're listening to the show, why do you, why are you why do you not know what a bottom is? But a bottom in a in a fa- in a slash fiction story is the person who plays basically the feminine role. That's the the easy definition of it. So Hannibal is always the top, who is like the more masculine of the two, and it bothers me because I'm like, Will does have a does have an inch. But it comes out later you know what i mean like it's he picks his battles i find Hmm. but
2: yeah (laughs) but also you know what uh though 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 that that does appear a lot in fan fiction i'm guilty of reading it uh it does sway in lots of like different different ranges everyone interprets his character a lot differently some like there's one i read recently where he's a power bottom i was like (laughs) Our bottom. What the hell's that? And I, so i started reading. i like, oh, okay. It's it's because it wasn't actually Hannibal and Will again. They switched uh, the the characters that uh, Hugh and Mass plays. Whereas the Mass character is kind of a really kind of a weak weak character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hugh, uh, uh, Hugh's character that he, whatever has to be the one <laughs> to get things going. But yeah. he's but he's still at the bottom. And then I've read ones where, uh, yeah, where uh, Will is. The is top. It's it's quite interesting. No, those ones, those those ones are mostly like alpha, beta, omega ones. So yes, we barely do. I read ones where like they're they're human, and he's the top. I'm not sure. What's
0: I don't know if Celeste knows about alpha omega, but I my
1: friend kind of. <laughs> was I was gonna say to you, you do
2: you know <laughs> anime you have to know it is.
1: but I've never gone into like. Cool. Full on, like, well, nothing, fiction, really. Well, nothing makes me turn
0: off things faster than seeing that in
1: the notes. I'm just
0: like, uh, I found the, um, I think it was a, Chilton's a character we'll meet later, but Chilton, uh, I think the dragon, uh, Fred, uh, Francis Dollarhide, and I'm like, ooh, finally, a story for a pairing I want to read, Alpha, Omega, on mm. the tags, and I was like, Becca away, not today. <laughs> <laughs> so, I Like, not that I hate it, it's just that it's, um, it goes back to the empreg thing from back in my youth. When I used to read uh, fan, re- bizarre fan fiction back in the day, like, where prague was a big thing, and that was the only thing that ever grossed me out, because I'm like, eh? Eh? <laughs> so uh, that's why I'm um, kind of worried about Death Stranding, where it looks like it's about prague So I'm like,
2: anyway. So, uh, yeah, it looks <laughs> fascinating, though. That game looks like... Uh, yeah. It looks fun, yeah. I'm it looks very fascinating. I'm very curious how that would do that. Though uh, that borderlines on other themes on just, like, how... Um, like you can't tell if it's just women who write those things. I think half the reason is where that comes from is from women because mm-hmm. it's only women that can get pregnant. So it's just, I think that's yeah, that's how they infuse themselves into the story yeah. with that impreg. But then the other part of it is um, how <clears throat> that would bring a hell of a lot more power back to men if they could. If they produced on their own like that. Yeah, that's mm. one of the things I hated about
0: Mpreg when I was young was because it uh, eliminates the need for women, as mm. JJ said. And it seemed... it It had a very misogynistic undertone, and I really hated that. I'm like, well just adopt <laughs> well okay that's going on further in it but it's still like um it's still fan fiction is like a minefield for me because I love it like I have good memories of minefield. it I love that <laughs> yeah, Sometimes. That's a good. but it's uh it's just difficult for me to get into it now as an adult I well, was an adult like I used to read okay confession the first fan fiction I ever read was NSYNC fan fiction when I was like 12 <laughs>
2: Oh my goodness. I confess that I can't do this anymore. I <laughs> <did>. <laughs> so can't. But,
0: but my biggest like fan fiction times was like uh, from like fourteen to seventeen, basically. So I got in when people were writing the crazy Harry Potter stuff, like back in the day. That's how old I am, folks. But anyway, so I was in like when when M-Preg became a big thing, like all this terrible stuff. Anyway, yeah. we'll discuss this later. <laughs> it's like fan fiction, but
2: um. Well, I just got into fan fiction recently so it's very very recently so
0: i used to be a terrible kid it
2: was terrible (laughs) just like reading all this i'm just saying like you can come into you can come and come and go into these various mediums as you go like Cause you know you like you change so.
0: Well, I'm reading a lot of Gotham fan fiction, so I'm just shouting that out. If anyone wants to send me some Twitter uh, <laughs> recommendation. Twitter recommendations, something good. Uh, I really do like uh, uh, Riddler and Oswald, even though Riddler broke Oswald's heart in the show.
2: Curse that man! Oh yeah, I also want to do a big shout out to the to the Sherlock fans, I hear you guys got a real blow to the nuts recently.
0: Oh yeah, no spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, no, I I
2: didn't watch it. I just, (laughs) just like, my Tumblr was freaking blowing up, and then, you know, all the Hamble, uh, (laughs) (laughs) all the Hannibal fans were like, they're
1: there. They're there. there, there. Just be <laughs> friends.
2: Come, come to our fandom. It's just as heartbreaking, but you'll love it all the same. Oh, so oh. I thought, oh, that is so sweet. You know, <laughs> the 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 Fannibles reaching out to the to the Sherlocks. Yeah, so.
0: it's terrible. Ugh. My heart. So yeah, <laughs> just a shout out to you, Um, Well. I'm going to start uh, – I need to pick up a book later after this, but I think I'm going to read Red Dragon again because uh, there's a scene in the show that reminded me of Red Dragon, the movie. Uh, the younger kid who had just recently got kidnapped uh, sees the older kid, CJ, watching him as they're in the in the convenience store and he pees his pants. Mm. There's a similar scene I – I can't remember if it's in the book, but there's a similar scene in the movie where Dollar Hyde has – will's adopted son uh hostage right right, and the kid is so terrified because uh dollar hide has the gun to his head and like you know like he's seen him beat up his mom and the kid pees his pants and since dollar hide as a kid was insulted by his grandmother and uh for peeing the bed and stuff like that mm. will sees his uh his chance and starts insulting his son like in the in the guise of uh trying to get a rise out of dollar hide Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really good ref- uh, shout out to that part of the show. Like it was really like, because um, I think uh, people don't use that trope enough, like uh, fear enough to pee your pants. Cause I'm like, it's so visceral to me. Like, it's like, you know how terrifying, like, cause I've never peed my pants in fear, but I could imagine how, what it would take to get there. And I don't know. I wish more people had used it. not just with kids, but like with adults. Like there's a good scene in the remake of the uh, evil dead, where one of the characters gets possessed and she is so terrified she pees her pants it was so effective i love that scene but anyway watch it it's good (laughs) i just love the shout outs to Dragon just because i i'm such a big fan of it like me and jj were talking about on twitter about getting uh tattoos like not best friend tattoos (laughs) <laughs> it be like antlers on our hands or something <laughs> but i was <laughs> <just> like <laughs> wonder twi- twins activate but uh i wanted to get the tattoo of my favorite line from uh i think i mentioned it in the show my favorite line from red dragon save yourself, kill them all. Even though everybody would see that on my arm and be like, holy crap, Sonia, did you go to prison? Like, Like, no, it's just my favorite line from Red Dragon because I have a tattoo of Smog the dragon from uh, The Hobbit, which is one of my favorite books. And so I was like, hey, let's add another book quote on there. (laughs) Except I was, uh, all my other friends have tattoos like live, laugh, love, and like uh, the Cree word for summer and stuff like that. Play, laugh, grow. (laughs) It's like grow, hope, destiny. And me, I'm just like, kill them all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't love that, especially since you're like this cute. Like, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> the most cutest person in the world. And you a hardcore tattoo on your own.
2: Well, yeah,
1: I was, like, asking, <laughs>
2: I was asking uh, Sonia, like, I want to get a Hannibal tattoo. And uh, what I wanted to do was, uh the two last lines that the characters say in the show. I won't say it because I feel like that would spoil <laughs> okay, it for I you. Can... But yeah, the, when, like, we yeah get there, <laughs> when we get there, when um, yeah, we get there, the last two lines uh, that they say is what I was wanting to is my tattoo but um yeah thankfully she kind of talked me out of it just because it it, that's iffy right to get um... uh your favorite show (laughs) or whatever just because you know your your love for those things could wane could wane and fade or like you go like i've been holding off on my sailor moon tattoo forever because i was like because it felt like it started to fade but then so i leave any tattoo idea i have i leave it hanging up somewhere so i look at it every day so it's like do I still want that? Because, you know, because that's what's going to happen if you get mm. it. You're going to look at it every day. Mm. Well, depending on where you well, get at it. Well,
0: getting it in a different place, yeah.
2: <laughs> so like... you get it on your back. I guess you don't have to look at it. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, that that's the same thing. So I'm still – I still actually still want it. I still want my uh, – You my
0: should. Uh, well, my, adv- my advice against it was just because uh, you were going to go to a walk-in, mm. and, like, uh, they don't have enough uh, – like, it's always better to go to a tattoo place if you um, – Uh, to get appointments if you're gonna get something large like Mm. for my tattoo that's gonna be like kill them all (laughs) Um, it's probably an easy enough one to do in a walk-in but uh, my dragon was easy enough to do in a walk-in but I actually got an appointment for the crows I have on my arm Mm. so that one was uh, just so he knew what I wanted because I didn't want to go in there and have hummingbirds on my arm I'm like no I said crows (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like uh, tattoos are a really cool thing like uh, I still forget that I have the dragon on my side so every time I go into the shower I'm like and my glasses are off I'm like what's that blob of my Aside, do I have cancer? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not cancer. But anyway, yeah. That's good. Oh, uh, okay, well, I just wanted to jump to uh, the under the dinner table segment of the show where I talk about a true crime situation. So, in this episode, Will talks about capture bonding, which is more commonly known as Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a psychological condition where hostages develop symp- sympathetic sentiments towards their captors as a survival strategy. So, or as Will says, you bond with your captor, you survive. Mm. So the story I focused on today is about Stephen Stainer. Uh, When Stephen was seven, he was approached by a man asking if he could donate any items to a local church. Uh, Stephen told the man that his mom would have some stuff, and the man asked where he lived, and he offered him a ride. A van pulled up with another man inside by the name of Kenneth Parnell, and Stephen got into the van with Kenneth and the other man who had been enlisted by Parnell to help him abduct a child to raise in a religious-type environment. Parnell drove Stephen to a remote cabin where he was molested repeatedly. Um, Stephen begged to go home, but Parnell told him that he he now had legal custody over the boy, which was a lie, and his parents could not afford to keep him, and they did not want him anymore. So Parnell moved Stephen to various times and allowed Stephen to drink and smoke and gave him basically free reign to come and go as he pleased. Uh, But he grew up believing that his parents didn't want him anymore. So you can imagine how how heartbreaking that was for him. Mm. Um, As an adult, Stephen would comment that he could have escaped at any time, but he had no idea how to get help. Um, As Stephen began to enter puberty, Parnell's interest in him began to wane. Uh, and so he used him to help him in attempts to to abduct other children, mm. but Stephen would botch it up intentionally. Uh, Parnell caught on, so alone he kidnapped another little boy named Timothy, who Stephen decided he needed to rescue, and so he needed to return him to his parents. So while Parnell was at his night job, Timothy and Stephen left and hitchhiked to a police station after Timothy was unable to locate where he lived, and Stephen intended to let Timothy entered the PlayStation alone so he could leave. But both were detained and Stephen revealed his identity and the story of his kidnapping. So happily, Stephen and Timothy returned to their families, but Stephen had trouble adjusting back to his normal life. Uh, his parents, especially his dad, were against him receiving psychological treatment because he didn't need it, apparently. Um, Stephen was mocked at school for being a survivor of sexual assault, which is, like, the worst part of the story for me because I'm like what kind of assholes do you go to school with that would do that to to a kid especially after all the stuff he's been through but yeah kids are dicks um and he was unable to deal with the new restrictions that he had on his life because he as you recall he was allowed to drink he was allowed to smoke he was allowed to do whatever he wanted with uh his abductor but when he came home he had a curfew he had to follow the rules etc um so Stephen, in his later life, was quoted as saying, I don't know, sometimes I, I wonder if I should have come home. Would I have been better off if I didn't? And so Stephen dropped out of school due to the bullying he received, and he married, eventually having two children, though he and his wife would often separate and reconcile. In September of 89, Stephen was driving a motorcycle on a rainy afternoon when he collided with the car. He wasn't wearing a helmet and did not have a license and sustained fatal head injuries, and he was 24. At his funeral, the now 14-year-old Timothy, the boy he helped save from their captor, acted as one of Stephen's pallbearers. So it was, like, the really saddest story because I'm like, I wanted him to get better.
2: Mm.
0: Like, it's a really, uh, I really love that uh, Timothy uh, was one of his pallbearers because I think that if Timothy hadn't come into his life, he wouldn't have left. Just because he felt that his parents didn't love him anymore and all that, like the, all the brainwashing that Parnell did, I really hate when people are like, "Well, how come they didn't just leave?" Like, cause he brainwashed him from the age seven. Like, oh, and he was just a kid
2: too. He was just a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was
0: like seven years old. But yeah, it's a really sad story. Um, you should look it up. Uh, he they had a a made for TV movie made about him. Um, I think it's called "I Know My Name Is Steven." Uh, it's really good, really good story. Anyway. But yeah, uh, it was one of the big things that popped out during this episode of Capture Bonding because the episode focuses on children being abducted by this woman who tries to convince them that she's the only one that loves them. So on that note, now that i depressed the hell out of you guys, I'm sorry. No, no, that's (laughs) an
1: interesting story. Yeah, it's really Um. sad.
0: I feel really bad for him because he obviously had, like if he had gotten uh, counseling, like a lot more counseling, I think he would have been better just because it was so hard for him to deal with um this was back in the 80s well obviously and so the idea of a male being sexually assaulted was looked down upon like he's damaged goods he's never gonna get married and i'm like help him (laughs) so i don't know like the issue of sexual abuse is such a horrible thing and i really even if it's terrible for women it's somehow a little bit worse for men I, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but yeah, it's like, I think there's a bigger stigma attached to sexual assault when it when it happens to a young boy. Um, especially in this case, he was like, some of the stuff I saw po- that he said, w- were said to him when he was in school, oh, people
2: are terrible. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just uh, like whenever, when you look at statistics about, um, yeah, about mol- molestation, rape, when uh towards women, um, it's been acknowledged that the, the statistics for men probably actually can't be like completely um, uh, relied upon because we don't know because men don't come forward with their past abuse because because there's a stigma on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, and that's where it gets really like really tricky and in a weird gray area because it's like when it happens to women like I don't know I was re- I was watching a movie recently actually and uh, it's a um, character is captured you know he's in prison whatever. It's like a period movie. So anyway, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking like, oh God, he's not going to get raped or anything, is he? And I thought, well, no, of course not. He's a male. Why would they? And then, it's, but that is always a, like a possibility because hmm. that's just, it's just a, like I said, uh, I think in a previous podcast, it's more of a power thing. You know, it's a dominant thing half the time when it happens. To yeah, men. it's not about
0: sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's very rarely ever really about sex. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Sometimes, yeah, it's just like that's debatable certainly debatable like i'm not an expert in any oh, yeah. sort uh so like yeah it's debatable like but yeah i agree there is a stigma but still like yeah like i i like to think today we're getting better
0: mm-hmm.
2: though at the same time i feel like we're not keeps keep thinking like we one step forward two steps back right mm-hmm. yeah all the time so it's it's really hard to say but
0: anyway. uh but if you need any help uh, i'm not sure about the canadian uh canadian worldwide uh hotlines and stuff but in manitoba there's a really good hotline called clinic if you're a survivor of sexual assault or abuse uh in the states it's rain uh with two n's uh they do a lot of good work i look up all the work mcfoley does for them and they do really good stuff Uh, i think tori amos is like the founder of it but yeah like there's always help (laughs) so Mm -hmm. on that note We'll go back to the show and happier things. Yeah, Yeah, it's there's always help. So don't give up, even if I depressed you with that story. I'm sorry. Back to happier things. Um, So, so we are
2: at the we're at the one
0: hour mark. okay, Okay. let's uh, well, let's finish it up. I only got two more things to talk about anyway. Um, so in honor of this episode being called Oof. Hannibal oh, makes the most pretentious eggs like, on toast I've ever seen in my life. What the heck was that? Like, did you uh, see the that's, bread? Yeah, it's yeah. so true. It's
1: so fancy. It looks was so like, good though. Uh. Like,
0: uh, like, I would have put ketchup on them, but he been of course like, oh would have
2: put, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like a native Canadian thing to do. Shut up, boys.
0: It's, like, it's like party noises. Um, also, I didn't know if you noticed, but when he goes to give the food to everybody, there's ostrich eggs on his table. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're, like, uh, like decorative or Purely real.
2: decorative, or if they were real?
0: I think they're real. Like, he is the type of pretentious douche that would have them. <laughs> I have ostrich eggs. Watch, check the episode later. It was, like, <laughs> totally ostrich eggs. <laughs> but the eggs were my favorite meal of the show. Oof, Anything
1: with like eggs. Like, in general, like, the whole yeah, show. Yeah,
0: I love whenever Hannibal makes anything with eggs. Like, he made those scrambled eggs in the first episode, the eggs, pretentious eggs on toast in this one. Oh, they look so good. Even though I put ketchup on them, I'm sorry, JJ. <laughs> um, it's
2: like, I haven't put ketchup on my eggs since I was like eight, man.
0: <laughs> I am a child. Uh, speaking of earlier, um, uh, Celeste said that uh, the, she was grossed up by the maggots during the ham scene at the beginning. I was actually eating craft dinner when that was happening, and I was still eating them. <laughs> I think even though they're shaped like maggots, I was like, oh, oh man, God. this is terrible, I shouldn't be eating this. <laughs> I was like, more ketchup on them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one shot, one thing I wanted to bring up before we close, uh, I love uh, two things about that scene where they get where they catch their man, the the abductor, the lady. Mm. Um, I love Bev, sh- Beverly's shot on the kidnapper. Oh my God, that was so close to being a dirty shot. She could have got the kid in the shoulder, but it was so cool. And I also like uh, the tenderness Jack has when he's speaking to the hostage. That was one of my favorite scenes in the show, where he's not lying to him about how they're probably not going to let him see his mom for a while because of what he did. Mm -hmm. But still, I love that he's not being dishonest to the kid. Mm. Uh, He's saying that, yeah, you'll get the hugger again. It's just not going to be right away. Um, It shows that he can be a normal human being when it counts. So Mm. I'm like, that's why I'm like hanging on to him. I'm like, especially seeing how things are going to go badly for him pretty soon. I'm sorry.
1: I'll uh, no. I, like, I I got a feeling. I know. Like, <laughs> so if things, things are, are going to happen. Things are good. Things are good. Oh, they're bad. Like, the ending scene like, puzzles me. I was like, what does that mean? It'll come up. <laughs> I was going to ask
0: about that, but I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it'll come up in the next few episodes. Because okay. there's a lot of things that, that are set up in this episode that will come up later. Like, that scene where Hannibal is playing with the, the fly fish in Will's house. It'll come up later. Oh, okay, um, oh. okay. Right. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys before we end off today, what was your favorite part of the show, this episode,
1: Beverly? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dang, dang. she's <laughs> cool so I love her. She like she, she, she shot from like a bush, like she was behind like she was behind a tree, yeah, yeah and she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, when I saw that happen, I was like, uh, "Like, oh, that was so cool. Best scene, best scene. Anyway, I'll just stop talking about it. i gonna go home and watch it again. <laughs>
2: uh, How about you, JJ? Well, actually, um, it was a while since I lo- last watched uh, this episode, actually. So um, I'm just going to say my favorite thing was Hannibal. I'll just default. <laughs> <laughs> Mass Mickelson rocking the plaid suits and everything. <laughs> hey, that's what you were going to mention, his hair. What, what was it about his hair? I didn't like his hair.
0: No, no I, don't like ha- oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like his hair okay i don't like his hair okay i don't like mads's hair as hannibal i'll say that right now because i think it makes him look like um you know those stereotypical shots of boys at like uh boarding schools in england with like the bowl haircuts and stuff i think his hair looks like i just don't like his hair like it should be wait, short what,
1: what, what do you think will be like the best hairstyle but... wait let's see if i have it on my phone Hold on. Can you picture Hannibal with, like, long hair? (laughs) Well, they're... uh, Yes, I can. I'm going to (laughs) kind of spoil... Other movies,
0: yes, I can. I'm going to kind of spoil Celeste. She hasn't seen this picture, but it has no context. I think his hair should look like that. I'm showing Celeste the picture of... from season three, um, uh, Hannibal's... Uh, What's the picture? I sent the team last night. Hannibal's uh, <laughs> oh, passport that one. Yeah, photo, yeah. which was actually a picture they took from another movie where he yeah. had a shaved head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like his hair like that. Which is like a, totally the, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, it, it was Photoshopped, so of course it's perfect. <laughs> but, mm. but what was your worst... Uh, what was your least favorite part of the
2: show? This episode. Hmm. I think, unfortunately, my least favorite part is almost... The, the whole B story with the, with the kids thing. Mm-hmm. Only because I was kind of bored by it. Yeah. I wish I wasn't. Like, it certainly is uh, fascinating, like, based on real world uh, true crime. But I was just, I was kind of bored by it. I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was little boys and not little girls. Maybe there's, like, hmm. a gender thing there that I'm not getting. I don't know. Um, and again, yeah, like, I can't quite relate to stealing... <laughs> someone else's kids. <laughs> Not like on that level. So it's, a, it's like it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna default. I just I like Hannibal. <laughs> and I don't like Jack Crawford. He's so no. mean He's so mean.
0: I would you the last what was your least favorite part of the episode.
1: I don't know. I kind of really like this episode. I know <laughs> you guys say it's like a filler, but I, don't know, I I enjoyed it all. Well, I think it gave us
0: a lot of good character scenes, like Bev being a badass, uh, Jack oh, yes. being a human being.
1: <sighs> Maybe <laughs> just like the whole like uh, murder concept too. Is like you know like this woman kidnapped these kids, and then you know made them believe that you know that's her she's with her mom now and so you have to kill your other family because there only needs to be one family yeah. and that's with her <laughs> well i think of all the 13 episodes um
0: there's only a handful of female killers there's the killer in the that can't see faces um which is kind of it's not spoiling it's a, it's a big part of it uh the bee woman um who else? Mm. yeah, like, the kidnapper. I think of all 13 episodes, it's largely men who are doing the murdering, like, the people that they're trying to catch. So I think it's, uh, it, it is rare to see female serial killers. Like, there are very few of them, because they don't operate in the same format as male serial killers. Mm. Female serial killers tend to kill family, and they tend to poison people. Cause yeah, like, I was going to say, like, yeah.
2: and within the context of the show, it seems uh, their, uh, their division only deals with certain kind of killers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the building block killers or a gummy, mm. whatever you <laughs> want to describe these weird killers. they The know. art supply killers. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, yeah, most, or at least statistically, female killers don't quite fall under those, uh, mm. those things. Okay, so, so that's probably why. I
1: mean, maybe in, like the last episode of like the mushroom dude, it would have been interesting if that if that be- was a woman. Yeah. yeah, that would have been cool
0: because like it's a nurturing killing, I guess, in a good way. Because she's, well, we'll pretend it was a woman. But yeah, like the pharmacist is able to like nurture these, the growth out of these things and keep people alive. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's it's still kind
2: of hard for a lot of uh, for writers too. It's you you default killers almost always as me as as male.
0: Well, it's such a uh, aggression is such a male emotion that uh i know that the only female serial killer that really comes close to like the ted bundy jeff dahmer type stuff um is uh, eileen wernos because most of hers were uh were kills of um kills of aggression like uh, even though she claimed that uh she was a prostitute and these men were going to rape her uh a lot of her later kills were were more of like uh, a preventative thing like okay he was going to rape somebody like, I might as well take him out. And so she just, like... Bla- but it was still, like, uh, it wasn't as gory as, uh, like, a Ted Bundy kill. Because she still used a gun. Like, she wasn't, like, raping mm-hmm. them for her own pleasure or anything.
2: I don't know. I um, always think about... Uh, what's that one female... Uh, I don't know if, she, if she's called a serial killer or whatever. Elizabeth but, Bathory? Um, no, what's her name? Uh, Nazi Germ- Germany.
0: Oh, the... Uh, I I know her nickname. She was called, like, the Bitch of Bergenstein. Yeah, something, something like yeah.
2: that. <laughs> she was, like, actually one of the first ones I kind of think of. But you kind of wonder, like... Was that from the, the the whole system of Nazi Germany? Or was that like just, was that a thing brought on? Or was she already like that? And she just happened to flourish in that, that thing? Or like, you know. It's like the Carla
0: Homoka thing. It's like, yeah, you yeah, find like, your niche in a horrible sort of way. <laughs> yeah, like
2: maybe there actually are more female uh, serial killers or potential. There's a lot of potential out there, but because of the way society is set up. It's a lot harder for them to flourish. That sounds weird, to say. <laughs> yeah. like I'm promoting it. <laughs> like all three of us are like bro, getting ready to start a.
0: I've I've become called the gardener, and I leave a rose whenever I'm. <laughs> I
2: already like, got it, uh, Mo.
0: Okay, we got to end this. Okay, all right. all right. So, where can everybody find you on social media, JJ?
2: Uh, so you can find me on Tumblr, Snapchat, and Twitter as JJ Neeps, uh, and Instagram as JJ Neepin Films and
1: Celeste you can find me on Tumblr and Instagram at Satumel so it's S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H alright and you can find me Sonia Twitter and
0: Tumblr as Honey underscore child uh, at Instagram as Seranic Nanu uh, please follow us on Tumblr because I only get porn blogs for my <laughs> someday I'll get real uh,
2: followers someday
0: we'll get real followers but yeah. I've, been, I've been posting a lot of <laughs> Hannibal fan art uh, I wanted to post this one of uh, Will being hugged by Hannibal And Will's like, oh, is is it going to be okay, Hannibal? And Hannibal's, like, smiling evilly behind him. He's like, it's going to be okay. And he's putting a sign on him that says, I am a serial killer. (laughs) So I love love art like that. But also you can email the show at Hannibal's Horny Hibachi, all one word with an S. Hannibal's Horny Hibachi at gmail.com. Yeah, we are also on Twitter as HHHibachi. Hibachi um you can follow HJ Chabachi uh to get notes on the show uh pictures we post uh we we i i'm thinking i'm starting a tumblr for uh, hannibal's horny hibachi because i think that would be that's where most of our audience is coming from let's be honest <laughs> so yeah. i really want to see more art
2: there someone i think called it that uh, tumblrinas <laughs>
0: <laughs> tumblrinas that's Tumblerinas. ours yeah and please please if you like the show let people know um we are on itunes now so please rate and subscribe uh Five stars don't leave one stars because we're sad and I read them personally I'll take it I'll Uh, take it personally no one's rated (laughs) us yet but I think like uh, one of our good friends is probably gonna put like one star and be like uh, show
1: your Uh, boobs that's my (laughs)
0: brother-in-law her brother-in-law well Sage also said he was gonna post like it's a show with uh, a minimum six boobs (laughs) I'm like what? Uh, we can hang out with a lot of terrible men (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next week bye 拜拜。